Hello, I'm Shane Hartsfield, pastor of Beaver Baptist Church. Thank you for listening to our weekly podcast. If you have any questions about what it means to follow Christ or questions about our church, direct you to our website, beaverbaptist.com, for our contact information. Weekly, we study exegetically through books of the Bible. And now, join us as we dive into today's passage. Jesus plus some type of a set 
salvation that Paul has heard from Epaphras, what was going on. He's writing to say this is not true. But, you know, it's, it's interesting, other religions, if you look at and study the religions of the world, they pretty much all teach a salvation by works principle. Almost all of them do. Only the Christian Bible teaches that salvation is a free gift. That's why Tom Nelson, he's a pastor, big Bible church, I like to listen to him. He says, Christianity is like driving a Rolls Royce on a highway and tricycles. That's true. All of the religions, he says, it's, it's, it's like they're trying to broaden the Grand Canyon. They're trying to do something on their own to approach God, do something on their own to make themselves presentable to God. This great chasm that separates the holy God and sinful man, they're trying to, they're trying to do something to, to cross that cavern. It's impossible, right? Only through faith in Christ can you be made holy and blameless before God. Well, in today's text, we're going to see that believers, number one, we're going to see that believers just struggle for one another in prayer. Number two, we'll see that apart from learning together, we can't fully grow in our understanding of Jesus. And thirdly, knowing Jesus is the key to understanding all of life. Let's read this text together. Colossians Chapter 2, verse 1 through 5. I want you to know how much I am struggling for you and for those that lay out you, and for all who have not met me personally. My purpose is that they may be encouraged in heart and united in love so that they may have the full riches of complete understanding in order that they may know the mystery of God, namely Christ, and whom are hidden all the treasures of wisdom and knowledge. I tell you this so that no one may deceive you by fine-sounding arguments. For though I am absent from you in body, I am present with you in spirit, and delight to see how orderly you are and how firm your faith in Christ is. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for your word. We know that it's infallible, inerrant. We know that we need your help through the work of the Holy Spirit to understand it and in grace to apply it to our lives. But I pray that use this time to edify your church. Equip us to the teaching of your word in Jesus' name. Amen. First thing we learn in this passage, that believers struggle for one another. Look at verse 1. I want you to know how much I am struggling for you and for those at Laodicea and for all who have not met me personally. That word struggle there is the same word we get our word agonized from. How did Paul struggle? Paul said, I'm struggling for you. Well, how did he struggle? Well, remember, look at verse 24. You remember last week, he says, Now I rejoice in what was suffered for you, and I fill up in my flesh what is still lacking in regard to Christ's afflictions. You remember, Paul, we talked about last week how he physically suffered for the gospel. You remember where Paul is when he writes this letter? He's in prison, Right? And he, we talked last week about how he had been stoned. On his first missionary journey, maybe he was stoned and left for dead, among other miseries. He suffered, and the church was identified of his afflictions. Well, Paul had heard from Epaphras that these false teachers 
were among them, and he was concerned about them. And you know, just sometimes just knowing someone you care about is having difficulty. That can be a struggle in itself, isn't it? There's an emotional and mental distress involved. I think that's partially what he's talking about here, and we, we know that to be true. Um, Brother Ronald and Cindy, they uh, have a son-in-law who's just been deployed, and he's overseas. And so, what do they do? They struggle for him, right? Because he's he's in the military and he's gone overseas and he may be in harm's way. So what is what do they do? They struggle for him. And in China, there's many times where we have a family member or a close friend who is going through cancer or near death or having difficulty in their marriage. And now on the other side of the world, what can we do? We just struggle. We just we just Talking in China, Chinese, and the food is coming. It's just over and over. Just think about it. It's just on our mind constantly. We just struggle, right? It's just a mental, mental struggle. Um, Paul says to the Corinthians in 2 Corinthians chapter 11, verse 29, he says, Who is weak and I do not feel weak? Who is led into sin and I do not inwardly burn? That's what Paul's talking about here. There's just an emotional, mental struggle. And I can just imagine the many sleepless nights Paul had. As he tossed and turned, thinking about the believers he loved who were either in harm's way, suffering persecution, or who were being led away by false teachers, right, away from the faith. And just imagine his, his sleepless nights. Many of you can identify with that. Just emotional struggle you have for people that you know that you love and care about, you know? I think there's an emotional physical suffering, there's an emotional aspect to that, but I think mainly what Paul's talking about here is he struggled for them in prayer, in prayer. Now remember, Paul had never seen these people before, these believers, he'd never seen them face to face, right? He'd only heard about them, right? Remember, he probably led a pastor to the Lord, and a pastor that went there, and, and, and as a result of taking the gospel of the city, the, the church was started. But there was even a church where pastors goes to Rome and reports, right? Well, Paul had never seen them. And so what I think that what this is talking about, yes, there's a physical aspect of suffering, there's an emotional, mental aspect of suffering, but I think mainly what this is talking about is there's he just rested from them in prayer. In fact, look at chapter chapter four, verse twelve. Speaking of Epaphras. Chapter four, verse twelve. Epaphras, who is one of you and a servant of Christ, Jesus, sends greetings. He is always wrestling in prayer for you, that you may stand firm in all the will of God, mature and fully assured. Yeah, Epaphras, he wrestled in prayer for him, right? And Paul is doing the same. Think about the, the famous passage in Ephesians chapter 6, where, where Jesus, uh, I'm sorry, Paul is talking about putting on the full armor of God, right? You remember that? The full armor of God, he puts the helmet of salvation, right? The first play of righteousness. And the last thing he says, and pray in the Spirit on all occasions with all kinds of prayers and requests. With this in mind, be alert and always keep on praying for all the Lord's people. So Paul, he agonized for these believers. And I think he did so in prayer. What about you? Do you agonize? Do we agonize for one another? Do we agonize in prayer for one another? Are we praying for people? Are we praying for one another? Are we wrestling in prayer for each other? Or, 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 more, or even more so, are we wrestling in prayer for the, the church as a whole, right? The one true church, the universal church, right? Really, only one church, right? 
our fellowship here is just a part, a small part of the, the big church, right? Are we wrestling in prayer for each other? The second thing we learn from this text is that apart from learning together, we can't fully grow in understanding of Jesus. Apart from learning together, we can't fully grow in understanding of Jesus. Look at verse 2. Paul's prayer is that these believers would know the mystery of God. See at the end of the verse, the mystery of God, we saw that last week, right? Do you remember what the mystery of God was? Or is? It's Jesus, right? Do you remember? That's the mystery. It's Jesus and how God would, through Jesus, draw to himself a, a, a people made up of both Jew and Gentile. And so we see this. Mystery coming up again. The mystery of Jesus, right? We'll get to why that is so important in a moment. But notice Paul is asking that they be encouraged in heart and united in love. And what's the result of them being encouraged in heart and united in love? The result is that so that they may be, they may have the full riches of complete understanding of Jesus. It's interesting, isn't it? What's the result of them being encouraged in heart and united in love? It's so they may have the full riches of complete understanding of Jesus. See, what can come to know Jesus? What can come to know the Lord in isolation? I've got a friend of mine, his name is Jim. He was a rebel, pagan, living life for himself. And he was in a hotel room, kind of at the end of his road. And he turned on the TV and he, he found the TV preacher. And this TV preacher was sharing the gospel. And there, in that hotel room, all by himself, he heard the gospel, and he cried out to God in prayer of repentance, and he turned his life over, he surrendered his life to Jesus. God saved him that night. He was by himself, right? That can happen. It does happen. You, people, people hear stories. People listen to the radio. Driving down the road, they get saved, right? They're by themselves. But no one can grow in our understanding, a full understanding of Jesus and the wealth of knowledge apart from being united with other believers corporately. We come to faith in Jesus, but to really fully understand Jesus, His love, His mercy, His grace, that doesn't happen apart from being in a life-changing relationship with other believers. And that's coming up time and time again, especially if you're here on Wednesday nights. That's coming up time and time and time again. This, this last week, we studied through Acts chapter 2, and the, the characteristics of a, of a New Testament church, one of those characteristics is they were devoted to fellowship. Fellowship. What does fellowship, fellowship mean? It doesn't mean just eating together. And that can be a part of it. But it's, it talks about sharing our lives together. It's the picture of us walking hand in hand, arm in arm, living life together, right? And, and that's what it takes for us to fully understand the love and mercy of God. King Hughes, he says this, when we are loved by other believers, we experience Christ through them, and thus our knowledge of Christ is enhanced. And the opposite is true, that when we allow the Spirit of God through us to live the life of Christ, and we experience this when we love each other. We, we do acts of service one another, right? Then also we have our knowledge of God enhanced. If we love, there are full riches of complete understanding. 
See, we come to know Jesus, but if we're not in a, a, a loving fellowship together, we can't really understand fully the love and mercy of God. We can know Jesus, but we can't know Jesus fully by ourselves. It's biblical. Because if anything is trying to get people, more people to come to church, <laughs> no, not really. But it's true. The more we in fellowship with believers, the more we walk hand in hand, arm in arm together, live life together, the more we can fully understand the love of God. Those deep mysteries of God, the love and mercy of God. And the love for believers, the unity believers have one another, that love, that sharing life together, and understanding of Jesus and the gospel, they're directly proportional. The more intimate you are with believers walking hand in hand, living life together, the more you understand Christ and His love. Notice it says, the full riches of complete understanding. And in the verse 3, speaking of Christ, the mystery of God, right? It says, Jesus in whom are hidden all the treasures of wisdom and knowledge. And that leads us to our third point, our last point. Our last point is that knowing Jesus is the key to understanding all of life. See, there, there's incredible wealth in knowing Jesus. When we have a proper understanding of Jesus, we can understand ourselves. We can understand sin. We can understand God. We can understand our purpose in life. We can understand our eternal destiny. Yeah. It, it all comes as we know, know Jesus. There is nothing you can't know that you need to know about life when you know Jesus. You got that? Let me say that again. There's nothing you can't know that you need to know about life when you know Jesus. Text me later, I'll text that to you. Let you think about it a little more. All the wisdom about how to live life is open to us when we know Jesus. See, Jesus is our point. You gotta know Jesus in order to understand life. Notice verse 3. In whom are hidden all the treasures of wisdom and knowledge. In Christ are hidden all the treasures of wisdom and knowledge. In Jesus, you can understand life. You can be a a wife of a unbelieving husband, be neglected, mistreated, but if you know Jesus, you can understand grace. And forgiveness. And you can persevere. You can keep on keeping on. Submit, submitting to your husband, loving your husband, being merciful to your husband, being gracious to your husband. Yeah, you can do that. If you don't know Jesus and you're in that situation, that's just hard to endure. If you're wrong on Jesus, if Christ's worth and his sufficiency are in you, as it says in verse 30, then you're going to be wrong on everything else. If you say Jesus was just a great teacher, like the Jews, you missed the whole point. If you say that he was just a great prophet, like the Muslim, then you missed the point a lot. If you say that Jesus was just one God among many, like the Hindu or the Buddhist, then you, you missed the you say that Jesus was a created being, 
He's not eternal like the Jehovah's Witness, then you miss the whole point. You miss the whole point of life. You can't understand why. If you say that Jesus was not eternally God like the Mormon, you miss the whole point. Without knowing Jesus, the treasures of who God is and how man should relate to God are, are hidden. You can have knowledge, you can have a lot of degrees, you can be intelligent. But in the end, what's going to happen is you're going to have doubt. Doubt's always going to creep up. It's kind of like um, driving a, I'm going on a road trip. Some of you like to travel. Um, and as you're driving, you like to see the beautiful scenery. And as you're, tra- you're traveling and driving, you see the beautiful scenery, you take it off, oh, look at this. Oh, look at that. Gene and I, we were married, we went on a, our honeymoon to Seattle, Washington, now we're in here. We're just driving, and we're, we love the mountains. Um, and we've never been to that part of the country. And it was in July, and around every turn was a, was a picture. I mean, around every turn, there was snow was built on the mountains, there was waterfalls everywhere. It's been beautiful, incredible. And we're just driving and driving. This is so beautiful. But we can enjoy it. You know why, Mark? Because we knew where we were going. We had a map, and we knew exactly where we were going to go. David and Sean, they were talking about, they were in Golden Gate Seminary out in California, and they went on this trip, going up a mountain, and they were hiking or whatnot, and so it's just beautiful, it's just an incredible place, and it's just beautiful, taking it all in. But all of a sudden, they realized, wow, where are we going? We should already be at our destination by now. And so what happened, child? All of a sudden, you weren't going, wow, this is so beautiful. What happened? You know, that, that initial, that initial, We've all been there, meaning you don't want to stay so, but you've been there too, right? Even with your GPS, even with your GPS, you know, and all that. You get that, that initial realization of, or that doubt, I'm like, I don't recognize any of this. Where am I? Or where is this road going? Right? David was, was sharing that experience he had. And you weren't just taking all of it in at that moment. At that moment, you're in panic mode and there's fear. Because you don't know where you're going. And all those beautiful things you can't even recognize. You can't even you can't even take those things in. Right? Because you don't know where you're going. That's the way life is without Jesus. It's that scenic drive, and but you don't know. It's a beautiful scenic drive, but you don't know where you're going. And so you're fearful. Right? That's that's life without Jesus. Without knowing Jesus, you miss the whole point. Fear and uncertainty creep in, right? But when you know God through Jesus, you can understand where you came from, why you're born. You can understand how to be a good husband. You can understand how to be a good wife. When you know Jesus, you can understand how to forgive others, right? Again, I share one story in the hiding place. This is my favorite part of the book. Corey and Betsy, they had been arrested along with their father because they were hiding Jews in their home. But someone had ratted them out. His name was John Vogel. Now, he was Dutch. He was one of them. It was during the Nazi occupation. And they had been ratted out by one of their own who was working with the Gestapo, who was working with the Nazis. He was, uh, he was a traitor. And Corey's in the, she's writing, she's talking about how she 
was so angry when she found out that was the reason they were there. And the reason that, that what made it so worse, so much worse, is that her father, who she loved very much, her father had died in the concentration camp, and she found out about that. He died alone in this little clinic area in the concentration camp. So as a result of this man's accident, his father had died, and she and her sister were suffering misery after misery. And she says, if he was brought before me, she said, I would have killed him. But Betsy had a different response. And Corey writes this, Betsy, I whispered one dark night when I knew that my restless coughing must be keeping her awake. Three of us now shared this single cot as the crowded camp daily received new arrivals. Betsy, don't you feel anything about John Vogel? Doesn't it bother you? Oh, yes, Corey, terribly. Listen to his response. I felt for him ever since I knew. Knew he's speaking of you of his betrayal. And pray for him whenever his name comes into my mind. How dreadfully he must be suffering. This man's response to them, being in this camp, lost everything they had. Their father had died as a result of it. And she says, how dreadfully he must be suffering. That's a Jesus heart. That's a, that type of perspective and forgiveness is, is seen only in the believer's life. That just kind of reminds you of Jesus on the cross, doesn't it? Father, forgive them for they know not what they do. And Stephen, voicing those same words, those stones are being hurled at him, right? Look at verse 4. Why does Paul struggle for them so? Because there, someone's trying to deceive them, right? I tell you this so that no one may deceive you by finding second arguments. Yeah, he's struggling for them because there's people there that there's false teachers trying to lead them astray. Then verse 5, Paul loved them, these believers, and he wanted to see them. He says here in verse 5, orderly, right? Delight to see how orderly you are and how firm your faith in Christ is. He wanted to see them orderly. That orderly is kind of this picture of a battalion of those in the military, this battalion of soldiers who are all lined up, marching together. I love these believers. He's struggling in prayer for them, right? Longing for them to love each other, grow to love and be unified together so they can fully understand Jesus, right? Believers, we should struggle for one another in prayer. And apart from living life together, sharing life together, loving each other, we can't fully understand. Or we can't fully grow in our understanding of Jesus. And knowing Jesus is the key to understanding all of life. Just by way of application. Do you know Jesus? Have you repented of your sins and begin to follow Jesus? Or maybe a better question is, are you following now? That's really it. Right? Are you following Jesus now? Do you know him? Are you following him? Do you live to give him glory? If not, repent. Repent. The Bible says if you confess your sin, he is faithful and just to forgive you of your sin and cleanse you of all unrighteousness. If you couldn't take over supper, as it's past, you have to pass the bread, pass the juice, you can't partake of it because you have to repent. Repent. Turn to the Lord. He loves you. He wants you to know him. Jesus took your place on the cross. 
receive your forgiveness. He wants to give you. If you are a believer, as most of us are here, do you struggle in prayer for anyone? You so who? Who do you struggle in prayer for? My prayer, my hope, is that we will begin to struggle in prayer for one another. My prayer is that we'll begin to struggle in prayer for one another more and more and more. Why? Because as we live life together, we pray for one another. We have true fellowship together. What's going to happen? We're going to grow in our understanding of Jesus. And what's going to happen is going to give God glory. And we're going to make a bigger impact in our community and the lives of those that we influence individually. It's been a good day. We have to take the Lord's Supper. We've said this word. We've heard some beautiful music, sang some Rich songs. Kids have been in children's church and Sunday school. It's been a good day. May the Lord bless us as we go from here. May He give us opportunity to share the gospel. May we labor and struggle in prayer for each other, for the church as a whole. If you know believers, if you know people who don't, they don't know Jesus. They can be successful. But if they don't know Jesus, they miss, miss out on life. They miss the point of life. They can't understand what life's about. They can't understand who they are. They can't understand their purpose in life without knowing Jesus. So I encourage you, share the gospel this week. Share the gospel. Tonight is our last night of Alana. So we'll conclude that this week and then next week. As we, during our worship services, Mother's Day, so our children will be singing a special next week. So we're excited about that, our kids. Let's pray. Stand with us. We'll pray, and we'll be dismissed. If you're here and you're visiting with us, um, and you didn't fill out a visitor card, one of those blue cards in the, in the pew in front of you, I encourage you to do that so we can have a record of you being here. If you want to, uh, if you have any questions about our church, about following Jesus, if you want to know more about that, you can ask somebody sitting around you. Uh, of course, you can always ask me as well. My phone number is in the bulletin. Glad to hear. Let's pray. We just be a father. You're good to us. Help us to be the church you want us to be. Father, help us to grow in our love for one another. Lord, help us to struggle for one another and for the church as a whole more and more so that we can grow in our knowledge and understanding of Jesus. Father, if there are believers here who aren't laboring in prayer, Lord, I pray you bring conviction to their heart. Draw them to you in prayer this week. Father, give us believers, give us opportunity this week to share the good news of Jesus with the lost. Father, without people knowing Jesus, they have no hope. They can't understand life. For the non-believer, the person who's lost here, Lord, may they leave here today hearing your gospel ring loud in their ears that Jesus died for their sins. On the third day, he rose from the dead. God loves them. You love them. You want them to know you. They need to repent and trust.
Thank you for tuning in today. Be sure to subscribe to our podcast if this message has been helpful to you. Again, if you have any questions, go to our website for our contact information, and we'll see you next time.